This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Stop sitting down, get up and do it now. Don't wait till Monday, don't wait till tomorrow and start now. Hmm. So I was like, huh, so I clicked on it and I started listening to it. And she is so motivational. Like, if I'm having like a bad day or I just don't feel like doing anything or like, I get one of those comments that are like, you should just stop doing it now. Like, just stop what you're doing. Suck, blah, blah, blah. I'll listen to her. And she just, like, hypes me up. And I'm like, okay, okay, let's go do this. Hi, this is Chasten Whitfield, and this is the Tom Rowland Podcast. What's up, everybody? I hope everybody's doing well today. Again, I'm catching up on some interviews that I have been wanting to because it seems like we got a little bit of extra time on our hands. Today, I'm going to check in with the first podcast guest that we ever had. I don't know if you remember, but that podcast guest was Chaston Whitfield. Chaston is a remarkable young lady who runs a, an organization called Chastination. She has done a lot since that first podcast, and we're going to find out all about it. Um, I'm going to call her right now and check in with her. I'm looking forward to finding out all the things that she's been doing, which include bass fishing. So hopefully this is going to be it. Hello? Chastin. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing very well. Can all things considered, yeah. we are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a different world today than it was just a little while ago, and um, oh, yeah. I guess that has affected you as a as a college student. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, when did your school close? Um, uh, last Thursday, while I was taking my last final, we got an email right before we took the test. So that was a little. That threw us off a little bit, but so I did passed you just, all my classes. Did you just phone in that last test um, or you know, just start going no, we, Christmas treeing the uh, the answers? 
Yeah, well, I studied a lot for this test because that class that I took, her only grade was, was test. So I had no choice but to study my butt off for it. So I studied and I went through it super quick. And like, I double checked my work, but I went through it in 20 minutes, which usually takes about an hour for me to do. So <laughs> I got it and I came home and now all my stuff still up in Savannah. So I got to move out soon, but so, I don't know when I can do that. <laughs> what are you, what are you studying up there? Uh, TV and film. Okay. And so what kind of classes do you, do you take? Are you in full, full on film school or what does it look uh, like? Well, I just got out of all my freshman classes. So I'm working on like production to set, like concept to set, like, learning like square one about film so like we took like last um last year i took some classes on like cameras and what different cameras do and then i had an editing class which i'm more i like post-production i like editing which is apparently very odd like there's like in a room of like 10 people only about one person likes to edit (laughs) so i think that's really cool but right now i'm in all the classes that are like this is how you be a, how you're how you can be a producer. Um, one of my films last last quarter, so like a month ago, I was actually the producer of, and uh, it was okay. It was okay. It wasn't horrible, but it could have been better. What what kind of thing <laughs> did you produce? It was one of my friends' films. It was about a girl who was going on her first date and she was trying to change herself for this boy because this boy was very fancy and had a lot of money. And she was trying to show him that she's like, like, etiquette, like she's trying to learn etiquette and stuff. And then at the end, she like, she's like, you know what, forget this. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not trying to change myself. And then it cuts to black. So you don't know what happened. Hmm. So I don't know how it ends, but that's her little, she's trying to take that and run with it. How long of a movie is that? It was about eight minutes. So eight minutes, you're producing this as college students at a university that has a very good program for that. What, they give you all the equipment to use? Yes. Thank goodness. Yeah. And then what, do you find actors or what do you do? How do you, how does that come together? Yeah. So the producer, I've never been a producer before. So I had ki- the kids in my group were helping me out because like they've all been pr- there. They all want to be directors and DPs, which is like directing the camera and this and that. So they were helping me and they're like, okay, you have to find the actors. You have to find the props. You have to help us find the location. I was like, oh gosh, like I didn't know all this went into it. But yeah, they SCAD, um, the school that I go to, Savannah College of Art and Design in Savannah, Georgia, they have a Facebook like page that has um, all of the like performing art kids on there. So us film kids will go on there and post a, like a little blurb about our production and then we'll have um, auditions and stuff. So that was really cool because like, just seeing all like the skills like these kids have is insane. And like I'm, I'm post-production. So I'm like after everything gets filmed. So actually being in like the actual production is like a whole nother world. And I'm like, my mind was blown. I'm like, goodness gracious. Yeah. It's cool though. It's something, I mean, I don't know everything that we do in, in our business is completely self-taught and basically learn through the school of hard knocks of 
of making yeah. mistakes and whatever. So like you're describing what a producer does and I'm like, well, I guess I'm a producer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny because I have no formal training whatsoever. So like you're, you're, yeah. you're saying what a producer does. I'm very interested. I'm like, well, I wonder if I could do a, be a producer. And then it turns out I've been a producer all along. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's, that's kind of cool. So do you like that? Like being in that school? Yes, I love that school. It is, it's not like every, it's not like a normal college. It's an art school. So I don't have to take a math class. And my English class last year was foundation of story. So I learned how to write a story. Mm, that sounds so good. So I didn't have to learn Shakespeare or anything like that. We watched Harry Potter and learned like all like the, like the behind the scenes things about Harry Potter and how the author came up with this and this and so, so it's really cool. I'd be interested but, to know this. Like if if you read books about how to uh, craft a story or whatever, they'll mm-hmm. always come back to all of the greatest stories in the world have these things in common. <laughs> what are they, Do you, in your opinion? Like it's not a test. I'm just wondering, like uh, from your observation um, of of like what does it take to make a great story? And like if you take a story like – Romeo and Juliet, you take a story mm-hmm. like any of the Harry Potter movies. There, there, there are certain things that, that a lot of people see that they have in common. Like there's like a certain story arc or something. Yeah. Well, I think that like what all the stories have in common is like the real ones, like the ones that have actually happened to people or like from real experiences. But a lot of the stories that I don't remember, like, like she did, my professor gave us a couple little, like, little stories here and there. And a bunch of them came from dreams that people were having. And they took it and just ran with it. Hmm. But see, I like post-production. So when they started talking about, like, how to make this and, like, this one girl was like, oh, I want to make a movie about how this and this and she just went on for like 15 minutes explaining it and I was so lost I was like wasn't even listening I was just thinking I'm like how did you come up with this Hmm. like I I don't know how she did that because it had to do with something with like she was uh adopted and moved to a different country and then that family moved to it like it was like so many like like you know how like when you backlash like a reel it looked like that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's what well, it looks like. I'm like, how did you do that? She, she might need um, some help crafting her story and getting it into the, into the recipe of the classics, the, the stories that will, that will stand the test of time, like a Rocky, like a Rudy, like a, like, yeah. you know, like there, there's certain stories that, you know, they, they just, they'll, they'll always be relevant. They'll always be passed on. Um, yeah. And, and oh, those yeah. stories have, have, different things in common. Usually there's some underdog that, that has to overcome some kind of situation, you know, and and you can take it to, to all of the, the ones that are truly great and they all have similar things in common. Like the, there's a, there's a hero that you either, Mm -hmm. that that you like in some way, shape or form. And then, I don't know, it's kind of cool, but as you, as you learn those things, I, I would, I've never had any formal training in that either. And it would be kind of interesting to hear what, you know, what a teacher's saying are the recipes for a great story. 
Yeah, she actually graduated from Harvard. She studied in Harry Potter. You really? Study. Yeah, you can study that. I think she was like 28, so she's not that much older than us. But she was telling us, she's like, well, when I went to Harvard, like this and that, we were just like, wait, you went to what? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I graduated like three years ago. We're like, oh my gosh, there's a guy in here at, that, goes, that was in our class who was in the um, army. And so he was like 35 or something. And he was like, I'm, I'm older than my professor. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But, a lot of different things happen. So what was your, mm-hmm. what was your, um, your route, your path to, to getting to SCAD? Well, it's actually kind of a funny story. So, um, about a year after we did our last podcast down in the Keys, mm-hmm. I got a DM from SCAD and they were saying, Hey, well, from SCAD's fishing team, I thought it was fake. I thought it was someone <laughs> just messing with me. I was like, yeah, real funny. So I showed my mom that and she was like, I've heard of that before. Hold on. And the DM was like, Hey, why don't you come down and tour the school? We have a, they have this thing called SCAD day where like there's kids that go to this, that are college students that work for the school and they give like the high schoolers like a tour of like the city pretty much because our campus is throughout the entire city of Savannah. Mm-hmm. So you get on one of the SCAD buses and you drive up and down and they show you this major's building and this major's building. And then there's this over here. So I went to one of those and I was like, Oh no, it's an art school. I haven't taken art since like elementary school. <laughs> so I'm like, what would my major be? And I've been on, TV shows and stuff like fishing shows and I make little videos. So when I take a kid fishing, I put all the videos together and I edit them and I'm like, maybe film would be good. So I went to the film buildings and I fell in love with it. I actually had a class in the room that I like decided, like I looked at the coach and I looked at my mom in that very room. Cause they had one of those big, um, the big like dolly, like cameras that like are in the movies and like they, swing and it I'm not I'm not in that class yet so I don't know what the technical term is yet <laughs> but I will next year <laughs> I think that's a jib I do know that technical term yeah it's not, it looks like a crane mm-hmm, a jib and okay maybe it, yeah I think it's <laughs> and so I saw that and then I saw like the screen in front of us what the guy um, looking at the camera saw and I was like, this is it. I'm like, this is so cool. I want to do this. And I looked at the coach and I looked at my mom and I said, I'm going here and I'm going to major in TV and film. And the coach was like, okay, well, there you go. So the coach, so, you left out that part. Oh, sorry. Yes. So the coach, I met him. Um, he's the one who DM'd me because he ran the SCAD fishing page on Instagram. Okay. So he's the one who DM'd me. and. So when me and my family got to SCAD, we met up with him before we got on the bus and he was telling us like on the way over to the, like the, to the buildings, he was like, so-and-so on the team has this major and social on the team's doing this major. And he's telling us all about the classes and like what college, this college consists of and how it's like different from normal college, like a normal university, like FSU or something. And so he went on the tour with us. So that's why he was there. 
um, he actually went to SCAD as well. He was a jewelry major and he makes his own hooks. Hmm. So he took a jewelry major and turned it into a fishing like thing, which I think is pretty cool. Wow. And so he's, but he's the coach of the bass team up there, right? He was, there was some drama, um, my senior year of high school and he left SCAD. So we got a new coach my freshman year, the last year. Okay. And, and so then what was that like making that transition from, you know, it was scary as heck. <laughs> why? What was I scary was, about it? Well, I've never lived on my own before. Oh, okay. So well that is, part I understand. Of course yeah. it's scary. <laughs> And like, we've never met the, the new coach before. Like I met the old coach. I was like, okay, I know what he looks like. I know what he sounds like. I can recognize him. Cool. This guy, never seen a picture of him. I've heard his voice once. He called me once about one of my classes because it got landed on one of our practice days or something. So I get up to school. I'm dropping my boat off at the storage unit and I meet him for the first time. I'm like, okay, this guy's pretty cool. We have our first practice and it's in like, he split us up because there's like 20 of us. So 10 of us were on this day and 10 of us were on the other day. And he wanted us to stand up, introduce ourselves, where we're from, what year we are and what our favorite fate is. And I've only caught one. I've only purposely caught like three baths in my life before this. So I'm like, I'm like looking at one of the kids I just met. He was a freshman. I'm like, Hey, what do you use? And he was like, oh, I use jerk baits and this and that. And I was like, what are the worms? And he's like, just worms, like artificial, fake, like plastic. <laughs> so I was like, okay. So I stand up. I'm like, hi, I'm Chaston. I'm a freshman. I'm from Florida. I've never done this before. Um, I like to use the plastic worms. And they just kind of laughed. And I sat back down and my coach is like, all right, well, we'll you'll get a hand. You'll get a, you'll get a hold of it. Don't worry. We'll walk you through everything. I was like, Oh my gosh, these kids are probably like, what are you doing here? I'm like, honestly, I'm like, I'm all saltwater. So that was like the most scary, scariest part was transitioning from saltwater and then straight into freshwater. Cause then we had a tournament <clears throat> two weeks after we started school. <laughs> How'd that so it go? It was a little bit, it, I wasn't a boater. I was a co-angler, which I think was really good because I learned what a bass tournament is like because it's nothing like a saltwater one. They don't have a shotgun start. They don't have boat numbers you have to hold up and they don't all take off at once. And the bass boats are very fast, <laughs> but it was really good. It was a little slow. Um, we fished like, like, Oh my goodness. Why am I drawing a blank? It was, Alabama and Georgia state line. Okay. Oh my goodness. It's, oh, I should know this. I don't know why. Hold on. <laughs> it's Lake, uh, West Point Lake. I knew it started with a W. It was West Point Lake. And um, it was really slow. It wasn't really like a big like FLW or Bassmaster tournament. It was like a little like, strand that someone started and they wanted to see how it would go so there was maybe like 60 boats and um i think like 13 pounds one with like five fish so me and my boater we we caught one i 
I actually caught the one fish that we weighed in and it was like a pound and a half. And I'm like, look, I caught a fish. And then all these like senior seniors in college pull out like these five pounders. I'm like, you know what? I weighed in. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, it was fun. It was scary. But after that, I got some confidence in it and I was like, okay, I think I can do this. Right. So, and so, it, it was so all good. of a sudden you're doing it. You're like, you're like a, yeah. a college bass fisherman and you get a scholarship, yeah. right? Yes. I got a full ride, a full ride scholarship to go bass fishing. Yes. That's pretty <laughs> outstanding. I mean, into yeah. a really good school. So yes, a very good school. Yeah. So that's, um, that's awesome. So what, when you're doing this, what are all the people that you went to high school with doing? Like, it seems like, it seems like this is quite a departure from, from normal. Um, first of all, there's yeah. not very many kids coming out of high school and, and getting any sort of scholarship. Secondly, there's not a lot of kids going and going bass fishing for college. And third, very few girls are doing this, even fewer girls probably than, than guys. So that makes it yeah. a very, very rare situation. So what, what was, what was that like? Well, dad had the only all women's fishing team in the country. Like um, Alabama had a couple teams that had like two or three girls on it, but the girls would fish with a guy. Dad was only, was the only team in the country that had, a girl boater with a girl co-angler. So I thought that was really cool. So we stuck out like a sore thumb, which was awesome. I think. Is there a different division or you compete? It's just one division. Everybody competes. It's against just everybody. one big division. Okay. We fish against everybody else. Okay, cool. But it was, it. it's a little different. Like I remember like after we all, like I, we all graduated in high school and stuff. All my friends were like, so where did you commit to? What are you doing after this? Like we like, don't go too far. We need to all still hang out. And I'm like, I'm going to Savannah, Georgia. They're like, what? Why? I'm like, I got a scholarship to be on a fishing team. And all my friends are like, that's a thing. <laughs> and I lost a couple friends. Actually, a couple of them got mad and like, they didn't tell me they got mad, but I haven't talked to them since graduation. Well, so well. I think a couple of them were like, not good with that, which I mean, well, what would make them not good with it? That they're jealous that you got a scholarship or they're, or they don't approve of you being on a fishing team. They're probably jealous. That's what I've learned in the past is if someone doesn't like you, that means you're doing something they want to do or you're doing something they tried and couldn't or hmm. I, I don't know. I, I was told when I was, when I first started doing all this fishing stuff, they're like, if you don't have hater, if you have haters, you're doing something right. Yeah. And well, they, is that something that like, you have had to deal with a lot? Yes. You have to deal with a haters lot. a lot, like on social media or. Oh yeah. And how, and, and what does that look like for, for you on social media? It's just, like you have people just, that are making really bad comments on your social media or does it go further than that? Well, way back when, when I first started all this, when I first my fished my first tournament, it was saltwater. I was in middle school and I fished it. I won. I got first. I won some stuff. I was like, okay, cool. I gave it back to the charity. I was like, I don't, I'm like 13, 14. I don't really need this. And so after that, I went to school like 
the next week and I got pushed into a wall by a a boy actually. (laughs) And he just kind of like, he didn't like full on shove me, but like he shoulder checked me a little bit and I hit the wall and bounced back. And I was like, dude, what was that for? And so then he started asking me all these questions. He's like, well, how do you drive a boat? I saw you fished a tournament. You can't even drive a boat by yourself. Well, how do you do this? And then, and then, and like asking me all these questions. I was like, why does this concern you? So when I was little, it was a lot of like just kids, just being kids. And they're trying to like show themselves up saying how they're better than me. Cause like it was mostly guys, but as I've gotten older, it's a lot of social media people messaging me hiding behind a computer screen going you can't actually fish you follow your dad around you can't you don't know how to tie a knot um people make fun of me because like I'll cast something differently like it's just little things too Mm. like I was I was on my dad's boat this actually happened two days ago I got a dm I was on my dad's boat because my boat's stuck in Georgia right now. And my dad's trolling motor is a bit old, so it's got some rust on it. And this guy goes, well, wow, someone doesn't know how to drive a boat. I said, I commented back and I said, I'm sorry, I don't know what you're talking about. This isn't my boat. What what makes you think that I don't know how to drive a boat? And he was like, your trolling motor's all messed up. It's all rusty. You must have smacked some stuff. And I was like, no, I actually didn't. It's not my boat. I don't know how the rest got there. I'm sorry. And he completely ignored me after that. I'm like, mm. like, why would you even try to like pick a fight like that? <laughs> so how like, do you, how do you deal with that? Like, it's interesting to talk to somebody. Um, you're obviously a y- lot younger than me. You've grown up with social media. Social media mm-hmm. has always been a part of your world. Social media to me yeah. and to your mom and your dad is something that is definitely a part of our world right now. But Mm-hmm. I can remember when it started, right? Like, but then yeah. like my son, Hayden, he's your age. You guys know each mm-hmm. other. And, um, you know, I think about there were, there were times, like I remember when my son Turner, who's a little bit older than you, he wanted a Facebook page. That was when Facebook was like the, the thing. And mm-hmm. we, we deliberated about that and debated about it as a family. Like, do we give it to him? Does he have this? Can he, (laughs) you know, is there, there's this whole responsibility thing. And so it's like, okay, you can have that. But to me, that just seems like not very long ago, but you've grown up with this. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, I can see things, I can see things differently than my children can or younger people can. It's like, okay, well, people hide behind anonymity of the keyboard and they're going to say all kinds of things when nobody knows who they are. Don't pay any attention to those people. But when you grow up with this and it's like, that's just a part of your world. It's interesting to hear your perspective. Like what do you, how do you handle those kind of, I mean, you're, you, you've told me already that you're engaging with it, which is a little bit surprising, but um, how do you handle the negativity? So when people comment on a picture that I post, that's when I respond. But if they just DM me, like DM is like a direct message. So it's private. So only I and that person can see it. If they like, I'll have messages and they're like, you suck. And I'll just delete swipe and just delete it. (laughs) Like I'll just completely ignore it. I'm like, I don't even have time for you right now. I'm sorry. (laughs) 
but I've actually have had um, people make fake accounts and literally stalk me. Hmm. I'm going to go ahead and just say and guess that it's like someone from middle school that didn't like me or like an ex-boyfriend that doesn't like me that they will make a fake account and say all this bad stuff and try to get me in trouble and message my friends and say, Oh, post this, post a picture and say that Chatham was like, was doing this. That's so bad. And we'll get her down, blah, blah, blah. And then they'll send it to me like, do you know this guy? And I'm like, no. And then I'll get a picture of the outside of my house. Whoa. So this person knows where I live. Whoa. Like it's, yeah, it's, it, I had three of them this summer. So now I have camera, like the game cameras outside. So whenever motion goes off in my front or backyard, it alerts our phones. Wow. That's so it's really to a certain, lot yeah. more than I thought. Like that's approaching like you, you were, I yeah. thought you were saying stalking is like a kind of a joke, joking kind of thing, but that's straight up yeah. bordering on being illegal. <laughs> that's yeah. that's crazy. So, does yeah, that so make those, you ever? I don't ignore. <laughs> yeah, no, you can't. But does that ever make you like <sighs> hesitate or draw back from the things that you're doing, or do you let that bother you? I try not to. Like the first couple, I'm doing air quotes right now. The first couple stalkers that I've had, I just kind of was like, okay, whatever. They're just saying this stuff. They're trying to scare me. They're trying to get in my head. I'm not even going to let it bother me right now. But then when they send a picture of the outside of my house, then I start worrying and I'm like, should I like go private? Like, should I not extend my following? Should I just like go undercover for a couple months and then come back out? Like I've been debating that like every time like someone takes a picture of the outside of my house because like my truck has my name on the back of it. So now I back into my driveway so no one can see Chasta Nation. <laughs> so hopefully no one drives by and goes, oh, look, that's that girl's house. Hmm. But like with you saying like, do you ever like feel like drawing back? I had this one girl message me and she wasn't hiding. Well, she was hiding behind a computer, but she didn't make go far as far as to make a fake account this was her actual account and she said i'm just she said she's in a long paragraph this was like two years ago or so and she said you're so fake you have mommy daddy's money you don't know how to fish you should go kill yourself and go to hell whoa yeah that was the worst one that i have ever gotten i was like wow like my mom i showed my mom that and she's like we're just going to ignore it. We're not even going to like pay any attention to it. We didn't even open it. We just saw those two, three sentences and saw that there was more and we just deleted it immediately and then blocked that girl, of course. Yeah. But after that, I kind of sat in my room and I was like, am I doing the right thing here? Like, should I keep doing this or should I just stop because it's making people mad? Well, like, I really didn't what is know it, what to do. What does it take for you to, um, you know, just if anyone didn't hear the first podcast with Chastin, um, that whole podcast started because I had seen, um, actually our web designer, Paul Fizzicaro had, um, 
sent me a, a news story on what you were doing, and it was about taking um, sick, disadvantaged, terminally ill kids yeah. fishing, and uh, you were doing some great things. You were really doing amazing things, and I thought, well, wow, what what a great story this is. Here's a here's a young lady that is really doing things that most people her age don't even consider doing and she's doing great for the world. Wouldn't it be a, a good opportunity to have her on the show? So we, we have you on the show. You come, you come out and immediately, um, I mean, you can fish. And I saw that right away <laughs> and, and we did a great show still to this day. I think it's one of the better shows that we've ever produced. Thank, and thank you. then it was a great opportunity. I was, I had just bought the podcast equipment and I'm thinking, okay, this is it. We're gonna, I'm gonna, I'm starting a podcast tonight, and I <laughs> had no idea how it was gonna go. I had no idea what we were gonna talk about. Do you realize I've done almost 300 episodes since then? And Holy it's crazy. Cow. Like it, it's absolutely crazy. But it all started that night. But the point being is that I invited you down there and invited your family down there and you all came because you were doing mm-hmm. such great things um in my opinion you were doing such great things thank you through fishing to spread positivity through the world i'm all about being positive i really don't like mm-hmm. being negative at all so my mm-hmm. question is with all of the positive things that you were you're doing how many positive things like taking one of the the disadvantaged or the terminally ill kids fishing does it take for you to forget this negativity that you receive on social media? Um, it just takes the thought of me thinking about taking kid fishing or like remembering me taking a kid fishing. And I'm like, Oh yeah, that's why sometimes I'll go on my YouTube and I'll watch me. I'll watch one of the videos that I made and it, and it'll just like inspire me to like get back up. And I'm like, I just need to flick that off my shoulder and just keep on going because there's a kid out there that is like, that's his or her last wish is to go on a boat, go catch a fish, go to the beach, whatever. Like they are waiting to go fishing and just like seeing the reaction on their faces just lights me up. So if I just like, like I have this big frame that has, I'm actually looking at it right now in my room that has a like 10 or 12, um, thank you cards that um some kids that took fishing made me and I call it my trophy wall so that's on my wall is all of the cards that the kids made made me and like a bunch of them drew fish and they drew them on my boat which is just amazing so I just I wake up and I look at that and I'm like all right let's go do this wow that's awesome so how do you um I mean do you choose to engage with that negativity on social media do you i mean for well i guess first do you choose to engage with it you've said that you do sometimes but do you often or yeah. do you more often than not you just delete it i like to just delete it because yeah. i'll go in one ear and out the other and it's like poop gone like i've tried to remove all negative things all negative people even like coming back from college some of my friends are like not in the best mindset so I'm like, you know what? I just need to focus on my future, my fishing, my school. I'm just going to keep going forward. And 
I have removed all negative things completely. But if someone comments like a something on a picture that I posted on my page, people are going to see that. And I don't want people like looking at it going, oh, look, she's too scared to answer it. Like, I don't want people to think that I'm scared. Like, I'm aware that people message me and don't like me. I know. <laughs> but if it's on one of those posts, I will respond. Because most, like, more than half the time it's someone saying, oh, you did this wrong or you should be doing this instead. And I'm, I'll respond back. I'm like, thank you so much for your input. But I learned how to throw a cabinet this way and this way works for me best. Thank you, though. Like, I'll try to, like, shoot it down but be super nice about it. But I try to not give them any attention whatsoever. But if right. it's on a pub, like, a picture that everybody sees, I like to give it, like, I like to answer it so it kind of, like, disappears and I kind of kill it right there before someone else goes ahead and goes, oh, yeah, and she's doing this wrong and another person, and then it's just nothing but hate. I'm like, yeah. I don't want that on my page. People pile on. Yeah. All the while. Yep. They don't have any videos of them throwing a cast net. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like the pictures of their dogs. I'm like, what? Well, I don't know. Okay. Something that I saw, I don't know how long ago, but it was a while ago. It was, it was something that was saying that no one who is doing less, doing more than you ha is going to criticize with that kind of hate. Like, yeah. Exactly. They don't have time. They're 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 already the reason why they're doing more than you is they're doing more than you. Like they're, yeah. they're busy. They have things to do. They don't have time mm -hmm. for for making stupid, um <laughs> hateful comments on people's Instagram. And yeah. if they've real if they're really doing more than you, they're looking at it going, She throws a cast net different. Maybe I could learn something from the way exactly. that she's throwing the cast net. You know, you got a guy that's got a hundred yeah. world records watching you throw a cast net going, huh, never seen anybody do it like that. Maybe yeah. I could show somebody how to do it that way, or maybe I could throw it that way, or maybe, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, that's the difference between somebody that is, is truly successful and somebody who is not at all successful and, and really, <laughs> yeah. unless they set, unless they change their ways are probably not going to be successful in anything that they do because they're just hateful and are spending their time yep. making comments about what you're doing rather than doing anything for themselves, much less doing positive things. Um, but yeah. yeah, it's easy to say, you know, I wouldn't worry about it, but <laughs> you know, I mean, that's, yeah, there's, there's a, someone once said and was like, you'll never meet a hater that's doing better than you. Right. And you, you never will. <laughs> right. I mean, you might meet somebody that doesn't particularly like something that you, that you do, but I don't think that they're going to spend their time, um, criticizing, criticizing you when they could just yeah. be doing their own thing. Um, so yep. do you have any, um, like, do you have any sort of things that you like to read or, or, um, any sort of influences or, or mentors that you, you look to for positivity? Yes, I do. One of my top ones is, of course, you. Like, whenever, <laughs> like, I'm having, like, I have a question or, like, I have someone that's, like, people tell me all the time, they're, like, you'll, like, when I was first doing all this, they're, like, you're never going to get a boat sponsor. You're never going to do this and that. But then I look at, like, 
all these people, all these TV shows. And then when I went filming with you, I was like, I'm like, I can, I'm like, look at, I was like, they have so much and they're always positive. Like there's nothing negative, nothing. And I ask you for advice and you answer and you help me. And I don't know like what I would be doing if I didn't have you. So thank you so much. That's very nice of you to say that, but hopefully I was looking for (laughs) other, other people (laughs) that that you look to for, um, for positivity. Yeah. So I actually started listening to this. um, I got Spotify and um, I started listening to this girl named Rachel Hollis and she does podcasts and she writes books and um, she made a multi-million dollar company with a high school diploma and um, a Google search. Wow. And she just encourages people, especially like women to like, it's mostly about like small businesses and like how to get motivated and how to like, okay. So the fishing team got cut last year, the last week of school. So there's no more fishing team. So when that happened, I didn't know what to do. I was just sad. I was depressed. I didn't, I like me and um, some of the girls from the team, we didn't even want to fish anymore. We're just like, we're done. Like that's just the end of our fishing career. We're done. And I was actually on Instagram in my dorm. I was scrolling and I saw her name pop up and I was like, it said something like stop sitting down, get up and do it now. Don't wait till Monday. Don't wait till tomorrow and start now. Hmm. So I was like, huh? So I clicked on it and I started listening to it. And she is so motivational. Like if I'm having like a bad day or I just don't feel like doing anything or like I get one of those comments that are like, you should just stop doing it now. Like just stop what you're doing. You suck, blah, blah, blah. I'll listen to her. And she just like hypes me up and I'm like, okay, okay, let's go do this. Yeah. Well, that's, that's super important. Oh yeah. She's amazing. Um, And it's, it's mostly for like women too though. Yeah. But it's, she's really good. And so, um, well, like, don't, don't sit down, do this now. What is it that you did when you, now, now that the, the fishing team's no longer, um, a reality, what is it that you yeah. got up and did? I am now fishing these bass tournaments by myself. Um, I got my own Jersey made. I have my sponsors are behind me helping me and I'm fishing the BFL tournaments, which is like a little branch through FLW, which is freshwater. Yeah. Right. So I started fishing those. My first one was on, I'm doing the South Carolina division because it's closer to Georgia. And, um, I'm thinking next year about doing the Florida division, but I did my first one in Lake Murray, South Carolina, and it was a little intimidating because you don't like you don't get to know who your co-angler is until the night before. <laughs> so there's one other girl that was fishing this tournament and she was a boater and I was a boater. So it's not like we were going to get paired up <laughs> and I knew her through college fishing. I'm like, oh, gosh, I hope I and then I see her boat and I'm like, never mind. <laughs> So but, what what does that look like? You're going to get paired up with like a 60 year old man. Yeah, I got paired up with, I think he was about 
48, maybe. I don't know. I don't want to okay. put a number on him. He looked but, as old as your dad or, or me. Yeah. And so, yeah. yeah. So he, he asked how I got into fishing. I told him I got a, or how I got into freshwater. And I told him about dad and he was like, really? Cause I have a daughter who's in, who's a senior in high school now. And I told her to go after some scholarships. And he was asking me about scholarships and how, how can she get some? Cause like, there's not a lot right now. And I was like, well, honestly, I'm like the school messaged me, but there are people now and like companies like uh, Mike Iconelli, he's a professional um, freshwater guy. Yeah. I know Mike. He's been and on he the show. Some, yeah. He has Ike, um, the Ike foundation now. Yeah, he's doing and great it's, an Ike, it's a scholarship. He actually just posted about it today and I shared it and I'm like, this is amazing. Cause like there's, like a lot of people don't know that you can go to school and for fishing. Yeah. So this is going to help those kids that can't go to a fishing school go. Right. I just think that that's really cool. Yeah. I think Mike Iconelli is doing some really amazing things with his foundation. He's uh, I really, really oh, yeah. enjoyed uh, my time with him. He's, he's one of those guys that, um, I, you know, I mean, I have no reason to be intimidated by Mike Iconelli, but for whatever reason, you know, he's a big personality and oh, it's yeah. like, there's, there's Mike Iconelli. Like, what should I, should, I mean, should I say hi to him? People, yeah. <laughs> you know, some people might be like, well, you know, everybody in the fishing world, why would you not want to say hi to Mike Iconelli? Because I didn't know him. Like, well. like it, it happens to everybody. Like, you, you get a yeah. little starstruck there and whatever. But the funny story about Mike, Mike Iconelli and my podcast is that um, I had, somehow I was in touch with his manager kind of person and uh, I was like, yeah, I'd love to have Mike on the show. And that was months before. And um, uh, we were at iCast. And his manager person, who I had never met in person, but apparently he recognized me or whatever. And uh, he walked by and we were sitting out in front of this restaurant. And so he goes in and he gets Mike Iconelli to come back out. Well, Mike is doing this thing with with the disguises that he does. I yeah. don't know if you know what he does, but he like yes, wears these. He did that he, as a classic. Yeah. He's, <laughs> it's, it's really funny. He wears these funny yeah. disguises to see if anybody's going to recognize him. Well, the funny thing is it makes him a thousand times more recognizable than yeah. otherwise, because he's the only one wearing a disguise, but he was wearing this giant mustache. And oh, so he, he forgot that he was wearing the giant mustache. And so he comes out and he puts on his whole business kind of thing, you know, like it, yeah. he was now he was business Mike Iconelli. He's like Tom Roland. Yeah. Oh cool, cool. Um yeah, he he says that you'd like to to arrange a podcast. And I was like, yeah, man, I'd love to have you on the podcast. And he's like, well, I would love to do it. I know all about what you're doing. And he was just super nice and super professional all the while, while he's wearing mm -hmm. this silly mustache. And so he got about three quarters of the way through our conversation and neither one of us had ever met each other before. And he's like, Oh my God, I'm wearing this stupid mustache, aren't I? And I was like, yeah, yeah, you got that mustache on. And he pulls it off and he's like, I'm really sorry. I didn't, <laughs> I forgot that I was wearing the mustache, but I thought it was super funny. But anyway, we had just the yeah. greatest conversation. He, he is, he's a guy that I have a tremendous amount of respect for. Um, like yourself, he's taking something that he likes, whether it's fishing or it could be anything, but taking mm -hmm. something that you like, that you're passionate about, and then 
trying to take it to another level, like not, not just for your own enjoyment, but can, can you do something good with this? Is there something that you could do to uplift other people? And, um, you know, there, there are many ways that you can do that. Like you could, like in a lot of ways, I, I try to, to, to educate people. Like, you know, I put all those free not videos out there. I do lots of things and try to help, help people as much as I possibly can. And you're in your situation, you, you are actually physically helping people like that, that really needed at a time of, of need, like taking terminally ill kids fishing. Mm-hmm. Mike is, is choosing to, uh, to do those kind of things as well as setting up this foundation. And, uh, I just think it's, yeah. I just think it's awesome, man. He's, He's, um, he's, he's done some really great things. I like to see it. Yeah. I actually went up to him at the Bassmaster Classic a couple weeks ago and there was a little boy in Alabama who wants to go fishing with me, but he actually broke his neck. Mm. And so he had to get surgery. So he was in like a little neck brace for a little bit. And then right before he got like, he was like a couple days or maybe even a week before um, he got to take the brace off. He was at church and a basketball came back and hit his head oh, and no. broke his neck again. Yeah. And it broke his neck again. And it was like to the point where like, if it could have broken like an inch more it could have paralyzed him. So I can't take him in a boat right now, but I said, when you get better, we will go fishing. I promise. And we and the Bassmaster Classic was in Birmingham, Alabama. So I was like, "Huh?" So I messaged his mom and I was like, "Hey, who are his favorite like like pros on the fishing stuff?" And she said, "Brian Latimer and Mike Iaconelli." And I was like, "Okay, watch this." So I grab a. I was at working um, the motor guide booth and they had some free hats and stuff. So I grabbed a hat. I went up to Mike Iaconelli. I told him what I was doing, and his face. He went from like a, like a, oh, hi, nice to meet you, like another fan. And I told him and he, he he's like smiling. He got a straight face and he like, he looks at me like right in my eyes. And I'm like, oh my God, he's looking at me. He's looking at me. <laughs> and he was like, thank you for what you're doing. That is amazing. I will absolutely do this. And he said to Marky, which is his, um, his nickname, the little boy's nickname. He said, never give up and signed Mike Iaconelli. And yeah. I was like, I literally started crying. I was like, that is awesome. That is and then awesome. I was walking, yeah, and then I was walking past the, um, the little booth that he had there by Bass University. And one of the guys, I knew him off Instagram, so I was talking to him. And I was like, yeah, I would love to, like, I'm, like, I'm just trying to, like, get more kids out there fishing. Like, I'm just trying to help people help kids fish. I'm like, I'm just trying to help. That's all. And he was like, let me get you in touch with the Ike Foundation. I was like, oh my gosh, what? So he grabs one of the guys from the other side of the booth, brings him over to me, and he hands me my card. And he was like, we would love to get you out there on one of the big events. You can help with like casting rods or something. I'm like, I don't care what I'm doing. As long as I'm helping the good cause, I want to do it. And he's like, absolutely. Email me next week and we'll get this going. I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Right on. That's great. So, that would be a that would be a great partnership for both of you. Actually, it would be a great partnership for yeah. his foundation to be associated with you, and 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 great the other way around for you to be associated with them. That's just two good causes 
and uh, two good organizations. That that's a match made in heaven. So that's awesome. Yeah, you should I'm, definitely do that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hopefully I'm we're going to be getting right back now. to uh, doing events soon. I would think that the Bassmaster mm-hmm. Classic is one of the last events for a while like that. Um, because mm-hmm. shortly thereafter, I mean, that's when everything started shutting down. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I even thought there was a possibility that the Bassmaster Classic would be shut down. Was there any talk about coronavirus or, or any of that? Alabama at the time was the only, uh, that Alabama and Virginia were the only states that didn't have Corona. Hmm. But one of the pros had the flu. So a bunch of people walked home with the flu. So <laughs> I had a, yeah, I had a little sniffle. I'm like, uh-uh, I pop like four vitamin C's every morning. I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah. But nothing like that. But I, I was actually walking past a couple of booths and I heard people go, oh, well, I, well, I cast might get canceled. So, I mean, we might as well just sell everything now. I was like, wait, what? So I, wow. I don't, I don't know if they will, but hopefully they won't. That would be bad. What do people your age think about this whole um, quarantine thing. I mean, this is a new thing for the entire world and and it's never happened before. I mean, this is, this is unprecedented, but I just, you know, you know, lots of people think different, different things. I'm just wondering like, what's, what's the opinion? How how Um, old are you? How old are you? I'm 20. Yeah. You're 20. You're exactly Hayden's age. Uh, Hayden, (laughs) this is interesting. My son Hayden goes to Montana State, as you know, but he mm-hmm. um, had spring break two weeks ago. And yeah. so basically they said, okay, we're going to, you know, extend spring break for two weeks. So he's like, sweet, man, we had this, <laughs> we had this trip planned to Utah. So he goes, um, he goes camping in Utah and, mm-hmm. you know, he did this Knowles course this summer and he, he stocked up on food when we were out there recently. We did all, the, we, we took him shopping and he got all this dried, you know, he's got oatmeal and, and these hash browns, all this stuff you don't have to refrigerate and all this food. He's got mm-hmm. tons of food. He could live for three weeks knowing what he knows. <laughs> and so he goes and he packs it all like Knowles showed him how and they go down and they, they go camping um, in the deep in the desert, like in what Mm-mm. looked like Antelope Canyon, but it wasn't Antelope Canyon. It was another one that looked like that. These beautiful pictures mm-hmm. he sent us. And it's just incredible. And obviously there's wow. no one around. It's super quiet. He leaves. And when he's leaving Montana, there were a couple of kids moving out of the dorm, like, like just a couple. And yeah. at the time he calls me, he's like, dad, like people are moving out of the dorm. I was like, really? That seems like a total overreaction. I'm sure that those are just kids that live, you know, nearby and they just figure I'm just going to go home for a little while or whatever. But, you know, they're probably Montana kids and they're just going to move out of the dorm. And by the time he gets back from his camping trip, the world has literally changed. He hasn't heard the radio. He hasn't, his phone hasn't worked. He hasn't heard any news and they get back to, you know, civilization, their phone, you pick up the phones and it's like, Whoa, what happened while we were gone? I mean, it's the weirdest thing. Yeah. I thought that was a big shock. Yeah. It's, it's totally a weird thing. I think he'll, I mean, I was just thinking about it this morning. I was like, he's going to remember this trip for the rest of his life. Like I went in the woods and I came out and the world was a different place. 
And but oh, yeah. but anyway, I just uh, I mean, he was calling. He was like, "Do I really like? Is this real?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it's real, man." They, I mean, they canceled the NBA. Like, that's pretty real, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when that yeah. happened, that's that's what that's what when when I saw that, I was like. Well, oh, maybe even that's a re- overreaction. But then, you know, a day or so later, that they shut down Disney World, and I was like, okay, now oh, yeah. it got it's- real, like super <laughs> real now. But what do what do people your age think about this? Like, you know, spring um, break, and uh, do people just are they yeah. are they cooperating or no, <laughs> no, they are not at all. I went out in the boat yesterday just to drive around and they were like the whole six feet thing, like Florida just blew right through that. They're like, Nope. There's all these people at beaches, sandbars, like drinking, have eating some food, making burgers on the grill. There's a lot of people fishing. There are a lot of people fishing where you are. <laughs> yes. Good. There's a lot of people. Fi- That's what all my friends are doing right now. They're like, okay, so quarantine, I'm going in the boat. I'm going like, 40 miles offshore. See you tomorrow. Great. So a lot of, yeah, a lot of people are fishing now because they're debating on like closing, like doing a like statewide lockdown where we're not allowed to leave the house. Yeah. I mean, that just happened in California today. Yeah. I don't know if you saw that. That's what the governor of Florida is trying to do. He was talking about it last night and I had a couple friends over that we went, we all went out in the boat and stuff because they closed the beaches here. And they were like, I really don't want to, like, they were debating on closing the beaches at like nine o'clock yesterday morning. And now they, and then last night around like six, seven o'clock, the news came on and they were like, yep, we're going to start closing the beaches at 6 a.m. tomorrow morning, which will be today. So when they do that, like, I'm just kind of curious because in my opinion, the safest place you could possibly be is on a beach. I mean, it's windy, it's open, yeah, there's, outside. There, it's outside. You know, I don't think that a virus can live in salt water and sunshine. Like yeah. it just doesn't seem like that. seems like that's where yeah. you would want people. But I do understand that, you know, you, you don't want spring break parties. You don't want people, you know, mass gatherings of people. But what do you think yeah. that the beach closures are going to look like? Like, they don't want just somebody out there walking their dog. Yeah, no. Um, one of my friends actually works on a restaurant on the island here. And she's like, I don't know why we're open, but we are. She said that she worked two hours today and it was so slow that the boss just said, you know what? Everyone just go home. So she said that she was driving back home and she was passing some of the beaches. And there were cop, like cop four wheelers and like cop cars and helicopters and cop, the cop boats, the police boats driving up and down the beaches, making sure nobody goes on the beach. So she said she's going over one of the bridges here and there were people laying on the bridge. They were laying on the bridge tanning because they couldn't go to the beach. Wow. So these people, I, I, I don't know what's going to happen, but the governor this, this morning was like, I am threatening a, state lockdown where everybody has to stay in their house for two weeks if you guys don't stop going outside and if you guys don't listen to us. I was like, oh gosh, which I don't know if he can actually pull the trigger on that. I feel like that would have to be like the president, but I know nothing no, about politics or anything like so. that. I think, so I'm like, 
I think that's why we fought the Civil War for states' rights. I think I think the yeah. state has, I think the state has every right to do that. Um, and Ron DeSantis can absolutely close the beaches if he wants to. Um, yeah. I just I just think it's I just think it's a it's such a weird time because it is. like who's to say that your house is? I mean, I get it. Safe. I understand what they're. I understand what they're trying to do. You don't want to give it to anybody else. And if you have it, keep it contained in your house and that's it. But to say that you can't go outside like at all, like like, what if you you can't go in your driveway? No, they they said you can't leave your house. Right. So, so I you guess can't get that in a means car and go buy milk or something. But right. if it's like an emergency, like if well, you like okay, so how long can you how long can you do that? Yes, yeah, so because because people are going to need medicine, people are going to need uh-huh. food, people are going to need water, people are going to need things. Like yeah, how long are you going to do that? But you know, you Florida, yeah, but I don't think people can make it two weeks, man. I mean, I have, uh, no. <laughs> I've made it through a lot of hurricanes and a week. Yes. A week is good. Um, mm-hmm. and, a, and people can make it a week. No problem with, um, with, with adequate, um, kind of notice. Like, you know, yeah. you're, you're a Floridian. You see a hurricane coming. <laughs> the first thing you do is like, Oh boy, if it looks like we're going to stay here, we better get stocked up. Cause we could be inside for two weeks. Now yeah. this thing is quite different because we have no idea. Yeah, but the difference is that we have electricity. Like yeah, that's what my dad was saying. He's like, yeah. at least we have water and electric. You got water and electric, so everything in your freezer is good. But you know, I mean, the people that listen to this show, you know, they're probably hunters and fishermen. I've got a freezer full of meat. I could I could make it till oh, the end yeah. of the year. I mean, that's that's not a problem. I could make it to the end of the year on on venison, elk, mutton snapper, <laughs> cobia, all that. I've got it. It's no problem. A buffet. <laughs> but it's like not everybody's like that. And and in fact, very few yeah. people have that. So, I just don't know what people are going to do. I don't, it's just and I don't think anybody knows. Like no. Such a weird thing. A couple of my friends, they're actually in the Bahamas. And they were like, if they close and say no one can come in or out of Florida, what are we going to do? Well, they went to the Bahamas by boat. I'm like, I guess you get a longer vacation. I'm like, I don't know. Well, I would think that they could get back by boat. Yeah. Right? They could probably get back thinking. by boat. But, um, you know, Jason Stemple, our photographer, he's in the Bahamas right now. Really? And, uh, you know, he's thinking, well, he bought a house over there and um, and so he's he's gone over there because the house was kind of somewhat damaged uh, in mm-hmm. the scheme of things. It was in great shape compared to the other houses on Green Turtle. But, you know, it needed some roof work and he's fixing it up anyway. And so he's doing a bunch of work over there. But, you know, his situation right now is... um. He has to stay there. There are no cases on Green Turtle, none. So wow. no one, no one has it, and so they want to keep everyone out. And mm-hmm. I understand that. Like, if if there are no cases in a small place, why would you want to let anyone in? Like, yeah, exactly. So he's afraid that if he leaves, he's not going to be back allowed back in. Yeah. Which. And and how bad would you feel if you if you brought the only case onto a small island like that and everybody started getting sick? Mm-hmm. That would be terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So you think that, um, do you think that if people were, were asked to stay in their house, do you think people your age would stay in their house? No, <laughs> I don't, I don't think they will at all. I had a couple of my friends text me and they're like, Hey, let, let's go fishing. And then we're going to go to Beefo Brady's because they're, they're not a bar. They're not shut down. They sell food. I'm like, I am not going in a restaurant. I'm sitting down with you next to me. I'm like, no offense, but no, I'm like, I don't really want to risk it. I have a grandma. I'm not trying to like get her sick. No, but I, if we do go into quarantine, to be honest, I'm going to go fishing every single day because I don't think they can shut down the waters. Well, maybe not, but, but you might not be able to get fuel. That's been my concern all along. That yeah. If they go into quarantine, the marinas are closed. You can go fishing all you want on the, on the battery juice in your trolling motor or the, <laughs> or the, the one tank of gas that you have. But once that's, once that's done, gone, gone. you know, you might not be able to, to go anymore. Yeah, so we passed you better a gas make it a good station. one. Oh yeah. <laughs> we passed a gas station and there was, um, boats filling up like these big offshore boats filling up and all these cars filling up gas cans. So my dad went yesterday and got like six or seven gas cans full of gas because everyone's freaking out. All the water's gone, toilet paper, eggs, milk, bread, everything. Yeah. Frozen pizza. So where, not a lot of frozen pizza. where you are, um, does it feel like a hurricane or is there more urgency even than a hurricane right now? It, it does not feel like a hurricane it feels really weird because there's still people out and like, I see people with these masks on and wearing gloves and like all this weird. And then there's people with hand sanitizer, like pull, they'll, they'll grab a box and then wash their hands with hand sanitizer. I'm like, it doesn't, it feels like a hurricane sometimes, but at the same time, like, but other times it doesn't, mm-hmm. I don't know how to, yeah. It, it's, 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 I think that's, I think what it is, is that there's so much unknown, like with a hurricane, yeah. if you're from Florida, you know. or if you spend a lot of time in Florida, you've, you've, you've encountered hurricanes, you've made it through them. You, you yeah. can look at the, the, um, you know, the scale and you can be like, that's going to be a four. I'm out of here. And, yeah. Or that's a two and it might get to a three. Mm, we've stayed through a two before. I'm sticking it out, right? Like, I mean, yeah. you, you, you know, call it whatever kind of decision you want, but people have some sort of a gauge to 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 compare to. Like, yeah, this one for whatever reason gives me a bad feeling. We're leaving, you know. So if we're gonna leave, they know what to do. They're like, okay, I'm a boat owner, so if we're gonna leave, then. I need to leave with my boat before the tropical storm force winds get here because mm-hmm. otherwise they won't let me trailer the boat out and I want to beat traffic. So there's no reason if we know we're leaving, then let's go now. Let's put the, <laughs> put the hurricane shutters on and let's leave. If we're All thinking but. about staying and you own a boat, then you're like, okay, where am I going to put the boat and how am I going to make sure that it's safe? And then I'll wait until the last possible minute and maybe I'll leave. But yeah. there's at least some sort of, you know, uh, of, of a known thing. You may know someone who, if you haven't gone through a three, you probably, the guy next door probably has gone through a three or something <laughs> like that. And you know, mm-hmm. like last time 
we ran out of ice super fast, so I got to get way more ice. Our last time, you know, the power was off for longer than we expected, so I've got a generator. And last time we ran out of fuel in the generator, so I need more fuel in the generator. This deal Mm -hmm. is just so, there's just so much unknown that I think that's why it has this ominous feel of, Mm. like, like you're saying, like it's like, like a hurricane, but different like people are it's like a hurricane but you know your house yeah it's like a hurricane but you know everything will still be here but it's like will my health still be here like and like now no one's working is that what you're is that what you're afraid of like if when you look at this honestly (laughs) when you look at this whole situation and and there's like lots of fear are you more afraid Mm -hmm. of actually getting sick or are you afraid of like the economy crashing or I'm afraid you... of the after effect on what's going to happen when this blows over. Like what is the world going to be? Because they're saying that it's going to be like 2008. And I don't really remember 2008 that well. I was eight, seven, eight years old. So I'm like, okay, uh, what does that mean? But my parents were explaining it to me. <laughs> and like, now that I'm in college, I live on my own. I have, so I'm like, I have a savings and this and that. And I'm like, wait, I'm going to have to do what? Like, yeah, milk's gonna go up to like six dollars. I'm like, wait, hold on. I'm like, I can't afford that. <laughs> yeah. You know, the difference but, though is like this is this is the one difference, and I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing or if it makes any mm-hmm. difference at all. But you know, you see the fires in California. It's very localized yeah. and they're having big problems mm-hmm. there and, and and then it's over and they they get back to doing what they were doing before, but California took a huge hit. Then there'll be a hurricane yeah. in Texas and the same kind of thing. It's devastating for that one area. The rest of the country just keeps on cruising. No big deal. Yeah. And then, you know, Florida will get a hurricane or Dorian will come through in the Bahamas. And it's like, man, that that's really bad. Um, but the rest of the world suffers no effects and the economy keeps mm-hmm. cranking. This is the first time that I think that anyone has seen really the entire, this is a global kind of thing. Like this shut down yeah. everything. And yep. hopefully, I don't know. I keep saying, hopefully we look back on this in six months and say, this was the greatest overreaction in the history of the world. But yeah. and hopefully we don't look at it and say, this was the greatest underreaction of anything yeah. in the whole world, but I don't know. It's a, it's a strange time, but it's interesting to kind of hear from a different perspective of age of what, yeah, what the concerns are. Yeah. Everyone's saying on the news, they're like millennials, like from ages like 16 to like 25, they could have Corona and have no idea. So I was walk, I was running errands with my dad this morning, helping him get like, get some water and like get a bunch of stuff just in case they do do this whole two week lockdown thing. Mm -hmm. I walked into one of the grocery stores and there were some older people in there and they gave me the dirtiest look. Like (laughs) I felt like I was hated. Like I walk in and they look at me and they're just like, like the death stare, like they're staring into my soul. And I was like, okay. And they just kept looking at me and I watched them and they watched me walk in. And I was like, I feel like I'm toxic. Like nobody wants me here. <laughs> I wonder, but, it, but it, is it, isn't it just that they don't want anyone around them? I, I don't know. Cause my dad walked in and it was just eyes on me. And I'm like, hi, I was the youngest one in the stores. 
I felt so weird because they just kept staring at me and I was like, walk over and we were getting some mashed potatoes and I'm like, oh yeah, I'll go grab some. So I go over and there's this guy standing in front. So I'm standing like a good distance behind him. And then I see it, I go over, I grab it and he pushes his cart and like goes like 10 feet away from me and like waits for me to like get my stuff in and leave. And I'm like, oh wow. Okay. Wow. That's bizarre. I think a lot of that will, will go away once the testing comes comes around to where people are able to get tested and know whether they have it or not yeah um you know i had a friend it's the first the first uh friend that has been actually confirmed by medical test that he has it uh i've had no contact with this person uh by the way but he has Mm -hmm. it because he was um around another person who had it and was confirmed with it. So that person, hmm. they, they said here, write down a list of the people that you were close to, you know? And so they went and they tested those people. I guess this was before, uh, this was when they had enough tests or, or whatever. Um, yeah. so my friend was, was confirmed, came back positive that he has it. He's not sick. Wow. He has no symptoms. Yeah. And he has it. That's, but, but see that that's, that's a different so thing though. Is, yeah, it's super confusing. But but I think that you know in two weeks, like, does his whole family get it? Does everyone that was who was around him get it or not? Like, exactly. If, if maybe you can be a carrier and maybe you're not as contagious as as somebody who's spewing sneezes and coughs and stuff, and obviously yeah. showing signs of being sick. Like, I don't know. That's going to be a big change. And, and that's oh, coming yeah. in the next couple of weeks. But right now it's just a weird time because nobody knows what in the world's going on. And we're, we're yeah. just like living in a, in a, in a science fiction movie. I mean, I went to our office and uh, needed to get some essentials and I walked in there and there was one car in the parking lot. The building was locked and I walk in and it, it really looked like everyone had just, either was in a meeting that I forgot about or had just left for lunch. Like, yeah. Like usually when you come in there in the morning, everything's neat and tidy and people have grabbed their stuff and they've gone home for the day. And, and there's like an order to the place. This didn't look Mm -hmm. like somebody tossed it, but it looked like they just left for lunch and there was all intentions of coming back. And they just weren't there and no one was there and the whole building was like that it was like something out of the walking dead it was really really weird it was one of the most ominous weird scenes i've ever seen in my entire life and uh just just a weird just weirdness the whole thing is just weird it's just a it's just a weird time but anyway it is um you know, I don't want to get too far off track on the weirdness, but, uh, you know, just, um, to bring this back to you, kudos to you for doing, for doing the things that you're doing. Um, Thank we've you. talked a lot about different, about different things that have happened between the first podcast that we did and the first TV show that we ever did. And now, and I, <laughs> I think that you're being quite humble because I know that there were a lot of other things that you've done, um, that were incredibly positive between those two things, including, uh, taking a lot of people fishing and, and really making a big difference mm-hmm. in their lives. Um, 
getting some sponsors, yeah. which I know that you that you have, and you're doing a very good job with that. But you're just doing a good job with all of yeah. it. So I would just encourage you to don't let the haters get you down because it would be a real shame <laughs> to to see that some negative person could um, dissuade you from continuing the good work that you're doing. And I know yeah. that that can be really, really, well, I don't know. I'm not in your shoes, but it seems like it could be incredibly challenging at times. But, yeah. you know, I promise yeah. you that you have a lot more people that think that you're doing really great work. And those people are always going to be silent. You're never going to hear yeah. from all of those people. And you are going to hear from the negative people that, that want to tear you down. They're, they're going to be the most vocal yep. every time, but. Just stay with it. You're doing a great job. Thank and, you. And uh, why don't you tell everybody how they could um, find all your stuff and follow you and support you, what you're doing? Well, well, I, I am on Instagram. It is Chastination. Um, it's all one word, and I'll spell it because it's a little weird. So it's C-H-A-S-T-E-N-A-T-I-O-N. And that's my Instagram, and that's also the username on Facebook as well. And I also have a um, website, and it's chastenwhitfield.com, or if you type in chastenation, it'll pop up as well. Okay. So, yeah. That sounds good. That's and um, All my stuff. We will, uh, everybody can go out there and follow. It's a good time to be doing that. Everybody's got a little extra time on their hands right now. <laughs> and um, yep. I encourage you to do so. I think highly of Chaston and she's doing some really great things. And, and when there's some opportunity for, for listeners of this podcast to support you and what you're doing, uh, when we all get back to normal, please let me know and I will pass it along. And uh, until then, um, I hope that... Uh, you and your family are doing really well please tell your mom and dad i said hello and will. we will um talk to you soon thank you so much for having me you're welcome all right chastin thanks see ya anytime okay chastin whitfield interesting the different perspectives on, on a lot of things really on on um social media negativity positivity and of course, this whole coronavirus outbreak. But uh, great conversation with a with a young lady that's doing some really great things. Um, as always, Waypoint TV they they sponsor this podcast. They are our number one podcast sponsor. You can go and find Waypoint TV by going to waypointtv.com. You can figure out how to get it on your Apple TV, on your Roku, and they have a Samsung Plus channel as well as Zumo. Maybe you have Zumo. Both of those are free television channels. If you have a Samsung Plus TV, check it out. Go to the apps, look for Samsung Plus, and then scroll through the channels and find Waypoint. You'll see a lot of Saltwater Experience. You'll see a lot of other shows on there. And um, man, it's a great, great tool. Absolutely for free. And you, you got all kinds of stuff, hunting and fishing stuff. But then there's hundreds of other channels on there. I didn't know. It's the first time that I knew when I saw it. So anyway, we'll we'll roll out with some uh, motivational music. Thank you for being part of this. I hope everybody is safe, corona-free, and also handling this time uh, in a way that you're productive. Figure out a way that you can make this a better time 
Can you spend more time with your family? Can you get some projects done? Can you, can this inspire some creativity in you? Maybe you've been wanting to write a book. It's an awesome time for that. You guys can do it. So I hope that you will, and I hope that you'll make the best out of this time. All right, we'll see you.